You ready? Welcome to Enchilada Casserole Podcast with Felipe Esparza. And Lisa Esparza. Yeah. Thank you for joining us, Felipe. You're welcome. Did you start already? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> did you get your coffee up? Yeah, I did. It's funny. Our roles are kind of reversed. You know, the old the old joke about having to wait for your wife to get ready before you can leave the house. But I'm always the one waiting for you. I'm always the one waiting for you by the front door with everything ready, my keys and stuff. Before I leave somewhere, <laughs> i got to go back in the house three times. Three or four times. That's after I wasted 25 minutes. Because I start to get ready. I, I go, okay, I'm going to put my makeup on and do my hair. And I tell everybody, I'm going to go get my makeup on and do my hair. And I'd like to leave after about 15 minutes. In about 15 minutes, everybody goes, okay, 15 minutes. So 15 minutes comes up, and then I say, okay, you guys ready to leave? And Felipe's like, oh, i got to <laughs> go change. But what were you doing when I said I had 15 minutes? I always say I have to go change. And then he changes. He has like oh, two, three phone. outfits. And then... I forgot my watch. I want to hit a bowl first. I want to hit a bowl. Okay, I mean, now I forgot where I left my watch. But then you add... <laughs> the forgetting where you left stuff is becoming a problem. Some men, you know, they buy them trays to put their keys a and their wallets. It's called a valet. A valet. Valet madre. <laughs> Nothing gets put in there. I leave my wallet and you can buy me a, a golden tray. I bought him two trays. One and I still put my wallet on top of the rabbit cage. <laughs> yeah, or by the fish tank. And it like you never put it there. But then every once in a while it'll show up by the fish tank. The other day it was in the bathroom, Caddy. But your wallet appears in different places. Your glasses, forget about it. Those are on the floor. I have. I bought you, what, four pairs of glasses? I ordered you four pairs. And uh, because you have to have one to travel with, one for... My, inside my bag. Inside your bag, like when you go places, podcast, or, you know, the pitch meetings, or wherever you're going. And then one for... Um, to leave at home. Home use, yeah, when you're home. And then one, I have to hide, so you act like it's not really there. So you really only think you have three pairs of glasses. These are just reading you can't glasses. Lo- these are just reading glasses. One twenty-five. But, but I want to get you some 1. nicer 25. ones. One point twenty-five. They're not super expensive. We went with Zenny. They're not sponsoring. We're not sponsoring us. us. I was just thinking about that. They don't <laughs> sponsoring us. But if you're a person who needs glasses and you want some nice fancy glasses, this is not our sponsor. They don't know who we are, but we know who they are. That's the important part. And I lose. If you're a person like me who loses a lot of glasses, you know, before I start this, I was t- when I was talking to somebody th- last week, I think, when I was doing when I was with um, doing the photo shoot. Oh, with Frankie. With Frankie. Mm-hmm. I must have told his wife about my glasses because they broke over there so before I got these new glasses. The arm was coming off. Oh my for god! About they, two, they, three it fell weeks. off during a photo shoot. <laughs> embarrassing and then she said i told his wife these are just reading glasses and then she said that um either her mom or some relative has a drawer with nothing but used glasses old ladies do have a lot of used glasses and i remember watching sanford and son (laughs) and he was playing poker Uh and he had he went to his before they started playing he went to his um drawer in the kitchen because back in the days Everybody had a drawer in the kitchen with junk. Mm-hmm. Do we have a drawer like that? We do. Well, it's kind of it's kind of my. Well, we have that one. We have two junk drawers. We have one under the coffee maker, and that has that's the one. Napkins, chopsticks, ketchup, 
hot sauce, soy sauce, Taco CDs, Bell hot DVDs. Sauce. <laughs> CDs people give you for free on the street. And I also you have take a, them. You take everything. I also have a, a, gift, a gift card from Armando Cosillo from two years ago oh to get God. a free guitar lesson. Free guitar lesson that Mondo bought you and you. I was thinking of going, but then I saw that fool at Flappers. I said, <laughs> "What? What I need to see him for?" Here he showed up to the show. Uh, you might learn something new. Yeah, I want to learn a song to actually serenade you. <laughs> I want to learn a song on the guitar oh. that I could learn how to play. Like Spanish so song just a, or I don't know, English, just a song that somebody will play like at the Third Street Promenade. Yeah. And then I pass by, hey, and I join them. <laughs> Hi, I'm David Ruffin. You can play a couple songs. You don't know the whole song, like, you know, beginning to end, but you know the chorus. I know enough songs. tunes on the piano, harmonica, ukulele, and guitar harmonica. You don't to know get harmonica. the ladies if I was single. <laughs> and enough poems to get by Say that again. The ladies that you thought were single. No, if if I, uh, enough. Oh, if you were single. enough minimal skills in other things to get the ladies to get it, to be interesting, not yeah, be the okay. lady to but to, to be interesting. Okay. Like not really to get to to, to get to know a lady, but you know, I, know I, you I, mean, I like yeah. knowing a little <laughs> bit of everything. Yeah. But we're gonna get to a little bit of everything later on when we talk about our comedian friend Leslie Jones, who plays. A character which I, I don't I could relate to. I wanted to I wanted to um tweet her that, but I, I don't want her to think it in a bad way because she's beginning a lot of hate stuff. Yeah. But it's relatable because I'm one of those guys or people in this world who reads a lot of book and a lot of the knowledge that we know is from stuff we read. We didn't go to college, but we could tell you every river in LA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we'll get back to that. We're gonna get back to the back to these glasses. <laughs> That I keep losing, babe. Yeah, he. The last three pair were the best. They were heavy. Yeah. Well, these are uh, a couple of them are heavy. We used to get them from Warby Parker, and they're usually about ninety nine dollars. They have some that are like one hundred twenty or something. But that's good for glasses, like all in, because I don't have any special things I need done with my glasses, my lenses, right? I have normal, kind of light nearsightedness, and then you have farsightedness reading glasses that you only just recently started having to wear but laser eye surgery was an option not really but it would have been it would have been only a one eyeball yeah she said they would have correct one one eyeball but yeah. the other would still be the same she said that one eye will be good to look to read and the, the other will be to far. look far yeah so we're gonna be a fucking pirate what would happen is you probably end up, you probably end up with a lot of headaches i would think because your That's eyes what she are said. your eyes are so different but she said there, uh, in the future, like in, that, in a year or two years, there's a new technology that It'll might help my able, eye. Yeah. But I'm cool right now, man. I like be looking smart. <laughs> like Lisa Esparza, who is smart. <laughs> I was going to say something when you were talking. Oh, you were talking about um, you know a lot. You know a little bit about a lot of things, or you want to know about a lot of things. And I'm not. We talked about this before. I'm not an expert in any. Thing. You're Any an expert at, at spider killing. I do kill spiders. Oh, and plumbing. Not well. No, I know general. It's funny. Lisa I, does all the plumbing in our house, by the way, man. I do all the fix it stuff. Yeah, man. But I love. She's that. the Mexican of the house. <laughs> Not really. I won't say she's a Mexican, but she is like the the go to or like um the handy woman. 
I do fix a lot of things. I have She's into that stuff. You know, she likes I tools. Like I like gardening. I like tools. I hate tools. My dad never invited me to help That's him with the truck. That's what I was going to say. The other, the other junk drawer in there is actually my tool drawer. Oh, yeah. Lisa has tools. What time she got pissed off because the water started leaking. They fucked up her fucking drill. Oh, yeah. That was a badass drill, by the way. It was an old yeah. school one. It was the one that was all metal, and it was fucking heavy as fuck. I have a good one. My, my, <laughs> I have my Black & Decker one. <laughs> it's, not it's the, not to mention the one you have in the room. Hey, now. No. Low blow. That's funny you say it. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's unintentional. No, the, uh, I love fix-it stuff. Well, my dad was a carpenter, right? He was Joseph. So, <laughs> my dad was a carpenter. My brother ended up being a roofer, and um, my brother took starting his own <laughs> started his own business out of nothing. Um, That's the best. Nothing. You start off with nothing. You know, it's funny. You appreciate he, it more. He was working as a roofer on a team uh, for some guy, right? Some other business owner, and he was in Ohio. You know, and in the summer it gets really hot and humid, like humid, like gross and sticky and everything so he's on the top of a roof all day and um he they had to wear i think i think they had to wear like a t-shirt or a polo shirt or something like that that said the company name on it they weren't allowed to like take their shirts off right donnie wanted to work with his shirt off because he was hot and sweaty and so he had an argument with his boss and the boss said there's no um there's no debate on this like can't do it so i think johnny quit i don't think he was, he was doing fired. It for the ladies no he was hot and sweaty and working for eight hours in the sunshine and 90 degree humid heat you know so like a normal person who's a construction worker i don't know if you've ever been on a construction lot in the past I, my dad and all Hell his no. friends the had closest, no shirts the closest not to, not to interrupt but the closest i got to a construction site it was when i was walking by i was stoned somewhere <laughs> And they were, they were making a building. Remember, they're on Temple? Mm-hmm. And there was a lunch truck. And I knew that lunch truck got good breakfast burritos. So I went inside <laughs> the construction site you went in for to food. get a breakfast burrito. <laughs> it was funny. Everybody had construction hats. They were sweaty. They were there for lunch. You got your backpack I, on. Yeah. <laughs> your I'm messenger stoned. bag. I'm walking. And I said, oh, man. <laughs> and I told that lady, could I have a una, dame por favor, un, un breakfast burrito con salchicha? Jamon, huevo, and cheese, and potato, and beans. Fuck. That's I, a fat ass burrito. I know, man. I was supposed to go to um, <laughs> write jokes. I ended up um, turning around Sleeping. and going back home. He took a nap. <laughs> Cable, free internet will wait. Did we talk about. Um, I, la- wait, I didn't talk about. Um, I forgot your father, to tell you my your father. Your brother with a no shirt. Yeah. So, Johnny, um, <clears throat> he quit or got fired. I think he quit. Over that, because and he thought it was he was like I don't know what I'm doing, but I don't I can't work there anymore. <clears throat> so he got, um, he started his own roofing business from nothing. He had no money. I I don't know if his wife's husband, if his wife's dad, like helped out, family helped out, like to get them started. Um, I think he worked with her dad's company or something for a while to to, to make some money. But anyway, he started with nothing. So it took that leap of faith. You know, to say, I can't do this. I can't live like this anymore. I want to be my own boss, you know? And we never really thought, John, our family never, ever, ever 
Now you talk about hustling as a kid and your parents hustling and your mom selling everything under the sun. Plus, you know, make it pillows. You got, had you guys selling pillows in the parking lot or wherever in neighborhood. That's hustling. We never learned the idea of business. And when I heard somebody graduated from college with a business degree, I was like, what do they learn? What do they do? What's business? It's so general. It's so vague. I don't understand. And I never thought of having my own business or selling stuff or being my own boss. I always thought of working for somebody. And that's a tough, that's a comfort I zone. Think, uh, but I know, like, remember we were driving the other day and you saw something right there and I said, that's money right there. We saw a cart, like a Home a, Depot let, looking an orange strong cart. Cart that somebody left behind. Yeah, Four wheel, two shelf. It belonged car, durable to Home Depot. Cart. Yeah, it was a Home Depot cart to take uh, to your basically car. Basically like a, a dolly. Yeah. A it was a double-decker double decker dolly sort of thing. That's a good way to describe it. And we're at the red light. <clears throat> we're at the red light, and Felipe goes, that's money right there. I said, what? Where? That cart. I could make money from that. And that cart, man. About? You could roll that cart four blocks, and you could just ask somebody who works at a company nearby, a lot of warehouses. I noticed right away when I saw that red cart or orange cart that it was money, you know. Somebody left it behind. And then, and then right away we started driving, and then and I knew right away this warehouse is. Wait a minute, I could if I really wanted money, I could roll this cart down the street and try to get forty bucks for it. And that in business school is business to business marketing. You're marketing yourself, your services to other businesses. And since you know it's and um, that's smart, and since you know that you did even, all that without school, you know that. with all that, even with all that, even if you sell it for ten dollars, it's one hundred percent profit because, because you didn't it didn't pay cost for it. you anything. You and found I'm si- it, and I'm sitting in the car going, "Damn, I, <laughs> you know, that thing just looks like it's in my way. Like I would never think that that's worth anything, but you, you saw the value in it as a." somebody who had some street knowledge and just that's like, cool just like Paul, sorry to interrupt just like Paul Mooney um, Chris Thornton told me that he was working with Paul Mooney and he said Paul Mooney didn't have no merch so mm. he went to Walmart <laughs> and a butter, he bought a bunch of those three for three for 1999 Hanes shirts the white ones <laughs> extra large uh-huh. and he just bought a, a bunch of sharpies and he gave them to people and he autographed them sold them for 20 bucks that's insane See, and you know how, they loved them. <laughs> you, you know, those, those, those T-shirts were badass. They were badass. Those were collect, yeah. the collector's items. So you just in the ship me richly to sell. <laughs> like, that was like your CDs. Uh, you used to sell CDs. Bootleg, baby. You bootlegged yourself. You had blank CDs. Just that They said they literally said Memorex on them. They weren't like covered. You had no label. No, my, my was you the label. No, you had no case. No case. It, you basically had a computer CD in your hand. I just had a dream. That and was you said, bucks. and you burned a set. This, which one was the one that you burned the most? Ice um, House? The Ice House. Okay. That was, it was, it was produced by another guy, but he never took credit for it because it was a favor from another comic that was making his one hour special. So I ended up go, going up at the end of the show. And they did three three minutes, and they recorded it. And when everything was said and done, that comedian ended up releasing the his c- CD in in big openings, you know, and selling it with an actual face on it and case and dedications. And my CD was just given to me with my hand. It's like 
It's like it's like you writing. It's like some you you singing a song. Yeah. And then someone just handing you all the all the all the rights and everything yeah. to you. So that's he what just, I was handed he, to. He sent he handed you the sound booth recording. Sound booth straight recording. from the sound booth. Yeah. That was the master. Yeah, it's all had. mine. Mm-hmm. I never. It was just given to me as a. Yeah. It's like recording. <laughs> somebody giving you. It's all the favor. It, yeah. I did it, and I that was that was my album for a long time and. And you never had a title for it, but no. now, but then you did do it with a nice cover, right? That's what's a that's pool. the one you produce. Oh, that's, that's uh, the one rebound, was, rebound material. The one I was standing outside by the bridge. That's what's a fool. What's yeah. a fool? Yes, that's what's a fool? Yes, and that we also found old copies with the old case, right? That you did the pinkish and purplish. You have the this. You have the yes. fool, elf fool. Yeah, whatever it says. On that, your shirt. that ended up being that's one the same of audio. My, Yes, that ended up being one of my first covers for it. Okay, so it was we, done by Lencho in El Paso. And we have like ten copies of that. Um, I don't know what to do with them. But so when I ran I'm out, holding on to them, I, I had that. I just made a lot of different covers for that album, but the original cover was the El Fu cover. But the real now, the one copyrighted and done right is the one that you made with me hitchhiking by the bridge right yeah i forgot about that one because we put that one out after rebound material yes because they asked what uh you recorded rebound material at the ice house and you produced that nine i produced that i was working with another comic also and he was recording one too and we broke them up in four pieces remember edwin was edwin saw one yeah i remember i put it together from four albums you took it out of a dvd which was amazing see how smart you are you're a computer wizard man (laughs) Yeah, but the sound on that, you know, this it was frustrating. <coughs> it's frustrating in Hollywood because even with your special, you hand off a product, you hand off something to somebody who's a professional, and you expect that it's going to come back to you or go out to the public in a form that you like, that you're happy with, right? Yes. And that doesn't always happen Uh inevitably there's the end result is like what you know there's always a what what happened you know with that album that was your first album after you joined new wave and new wave said uh we'd like to put out an album if felipe has any audio and i was like hey you know what let me put these together so we put that together in 2009 and then um i gave them the files and I thought that they would do some sort of mastering levels, at least something, and nothing. And it blows out speakers on some jokes, and it is soft in other parts. Not soft, but it's normal, you know. That's the one when I'm standing by an ice cream? <laughs> yeah, at the at Griffith Park. And um, that's rebound material. And they they just basically just took the file... And took the design that I made in the back of the tracks on the back and everything. They took my files and then just put it out there. They put it on iTunes. They put it on CD. And then we burned some CDs ourselves. Um, it plays on Pandora. I was just... Uh, it does play on Pandora. But I was upset by that. And I remember when we had our meeting afterward. They and just I said, did it without real fast huh yeah they just cranked it out they just wanted yeah. content because yeah. they want to build their catalog and you always have to be wary if you're a comic or musician or whatever you have to be wary of these people who want you to really want you to do something like that now we got paid for it and we still do continue to get paid for 
some of the jokes on Pandora and stuff when it plays and stuff. So when we met with him, I said, uh, you know, we're unhappy with how this turned out. I, we feel like it was rushed. And he said, he said, let me guess, it's the sound quality. I said, yeah, there's like no mixing, no mastering, no like levels even, no basic levels like set. And uh, I hate when they know, but they didn't fix it. Yeah. And I said, he said, yeah. And I guess Whitney Cummings' album had gone out that way too. Because these are not things that they produced and they had control over and all that. They're basically taking, hey, you got any material you want to give us to put out there? And then they own 40% of it. And um, we own 60 And then we put out another one. He goes, you got any more of that stuff? So, okay. You got more of that crack. <laughs> so I gave him a smaller set, the 33-minute one that you're talking about earlier. I gave him that one and then um we did the art and then he came back to me with some bullshit about let's put some yellow in this picture. It's a black and white picture first of all. Okay. I liked the black and white picture. We had a color logo, a color title on it. It was like blue. And a photo of downtown, you're on the bridge there. The bridge that is now knocked down it doesn't exist anymore. That's cool. But anyway, <clears throat> I sent him the artwork and he goes Yeah, we've done some studies and uh, shows that people pay attention more when the cover has some yellow in it. And I said, I, I don't want to put any yellow in it. I think they, they go for the name. <laughs> I, I was like, I don't want to put any yellow in it. He's thinking their I eyes going to stop there on iTunes. I actually buy Louis C.K., but noticed <laughs> that it was purple and, you know, I cannot like purple. Yeah. I think, can't have it. I was, uh, I said, I, I'm not going to, I thought about it and I'm not going to put yellow in it. Okay, whatever. That's fine. It goes out, and again, what's the problem? It blows out some speakers in some parts. Um, they also didn't split up the tracks like I asked them to, because we had one long recording. That that file you had was one long recording, right? So yeah, no edits. He didn't. They didn't cut. You can't where even I told, rewind. I sent them a track list, and I sent them the time for each track. To start, I sent. I fucking spent so much time so cut doing it, right? that, so they could just cut it right there, right? So you can skip on your CD player to track five if you want, you know that sort of thing. You cannot skip forward because it's still one file. It was still one track, and I said, "What the hell happened? Like, you're fucking paying attention to yellow on the album cover? Let's make his shirt yellow, and uh, you're not paying attention to the sound? That's ridiculous." Come on. If this is a digital age and this is a digital company who put this out, focus on the digital, right? Right. I mean, it, people are going to be listening to this more than they're going to be looking at that picture on their cover. It was. I was so frustrated with that. So anyway, the point is the first CDs you were selling, <clears throat> the hustling aspect, back to that, you had, uh, you had complete faith in that CD enough to stand outside the show each night with no shame and sell that thing for 20 bucks. 20 bucks I was like to the guy from Venice Beach, but after they already heard it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just heard these jokes. Here's, here's this CD for 20 bucks, and people bought it. People bought it. And it would give you maybe an extra hundred a night or something like that. Yes, know? that was my hustle. It was your hustle on top of hitting two minutes, or three clubs. Yeah, two or three clubs in the town, in, in L.A., 
and you would uh in one night and you'd you'd make a little bit of money there, you know, maybe thirty to a hundred dollars, depending on where you are. And then um per spot. And then sometimes there was ballers at these places, like ballers, like by ballers, people who make their money in the illegal way. <laughs> I just could I just could tell, you know. Yeah. And these guys wouldn't care, they'll just give me bro that's your last C D? How much is it? And I said, look, I said 20 bucks. <laughs> Fuck it. And something they give me 50. 50. Yeah, just keep it. Or just keep it. No problem, man. Good yeah. luck. And I feel, yeah. <laughs> Let's go eat a ordoñez. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, the the hustle was really, um, I don't know. It's something you can't teach. A lot of comics wouldn't do, we're, we're not kids. doing that. Yeah. They were not trying to be out there trying to sell CDs. There were some comics who looked down on selling merch. Yes. You know, but people ask for it. That's the thing. Fans ask for stuff. And, you know, whether it's just a sticker or a card, they want something to remember you by. And they should have something to remember you by. Or they're going to forget you by the time they got home. And I was not lying when I would tell the audience, (laughs) my, I'll be selling an L, a comedy, my CD at the end of the show. This CD has been known not to work on some CD players. <laughs> it was spons- it was produced by TDK, <laughs> and it really was a TDK. That's funny. Remember w- when we used to go? We never, I never talked about this. Well, eventually, I got I got you we used to buy a pack of a pack of a pack of black cassettes. No cases. Cases, yeah, and Damn. also labels. I got you finally t- to invest in putting stumper. labels on it. We got a little stamper and everything, and. A hundred at a time. Because you got to up your game a little bit. You can't really be selling people the Memorex CD like that well, says Memorex. People are Memorex. proud to have that. Honestly, they are because they tell us, "Hey, I got this CD uh, that you gave me at the or that you sold me at the end of the show, and it, I still listen to it, and they love it." And we offer them to trade them a DVD for it or something else. And no, 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 I want to keep it. And they're holding on to it. It's you signed all those anyway, and you didn't even have a title really when you were selling that. That last one. Sometimes I'll just write, hey, fool. <laughs> Let's see, that's a good memory. It's a better story than just a CD you buy in the store or something. That's good. But yeah, it takes that leap of faith, though. You know, you have to know you have that hustle in you to take a leap of faith like that. Like when you left Gabriel's tour many years ago, 2003? Yeah, 2003, 2004. 2003, yeah. 2004. Yeah. Felipe gets a wild hair up his ass, as we say in Ohio. Probably some other places. But uh, he gets a little wild hair up his ass and starts to want uh, more recognition on the tour. He's on tour with Gabriel. And you want more recognition. You want recognition for the fact that you're building a fan base already, right? And you're one of a few openers on the show, but you're getting a lot of attention. And, you know, maybe you're a little bit of a diva as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, and, I was drinking. Now. And you were drinking. That's all those factors. Take made, a look at the bad guy. <laughs> no, not bad guy. But there had to be a, a blow up at some point. And the thing is, you took a leap that was very scary. And you left that situation because you knew I'm not growing in this situation. I'm opening for this guy. How much longer am I going to open? You know, and I got it. And even though you you like the paycheck, sure, it's a regular paycheck. Uh, you had to let that go in order to grow. You had to let go of that comfort zone. You had to step but outside. But I saved up a lot of zone. money, like a yeah. like a, a hole with a pimp on the side. That's good. 
That's good, but um, it takes, you know, there are still people stuck in situations where they go, you know, I've got a mortgage, I've got two cars, and, and my kid's going to start college in two years, you know, and, and they're afraid to take a leap. But sometimes I was asking for a raise. I wanted just $25 more than everybody. <laughs> That's annoying, you know, sometimes. Wanted, yeah, because you guys all got the same, paid the yeah. same. Gabriel paid you all the Some same. Some people would have been asking, I want $1,000 more. I want $500 more. Mm-hmm. But I was annoying. It was more about want, the principle. I, I would say more the principle. I want to yeah. feel like I'm better. Yeah. I said, just In give me way. one dollar more. Just one dollar more. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't twenty five. Just yeah, give it was me the $1. vice president title. <laughs> <laughs> but see, Gabriel is also stubborn. You're stubborn. He was stubborn, and you guys were you guys were having a falling out, and this was the beginning of the end of your relationship as touring and. You know, hanging out and all that stuff. In case you're wondering in the listening audience, yeah, um, you know, it became... Slipper wants some headphones. You outgrew your opening position. And you wouldn't have have gone further, I don't think, if you had stayed there, you know? And you're not the kind of person who can stay in a situation like that. You're not a, a guy who can sit and... Be a pencil pusher. I've had seven in the jobs same in one job. year. <laughs> I know. In the same job for 25 years. You're not that kind of person because you you are a big thinker and you want to keep moving forward and forward and forward and growing and growing. And that's good. That's a good way to be. Then so you never I, hustled? Never hustled. Like We did. You used to braid hair. You did it for free? I did it for free. Oh, I, no, I, I learned how to braid hair. And, and, and Lisa used to braid black h- girls' hair. Yeah. How white is that? <laughs> Not very white. See, I if you were junior to get, high and high school. As you were to get locked up. <clears throat> but I did get paid by Jafondi. She paid me. And, yeah. But I was an adult. But we, we did so trade. That's a hustle. Everything. Lisa yeah. used to but I wouldn't call trade braids for a sack. <laughs> well, <laughs> and then give the sack to you. So uh, <laughs> if you were in prison... It would be a commodity. Like orange yeah. and b- new black, you yeah. know, even though you'll be hanging out with the white girls, but you still got to make money. And, you know, even though you're not associated with the black girls, you would, that would be your job. You could open up a salon yeah. and braid gr- black girls' hair for Twinkies, for food, protection, whatever you need. I'm telling you, you would be, that will be a good thing because when once, once women get into there, to prison or, or jail, for two days or one day, their hair is the first thing they want to just control. Yeah, they don't want hair. it to be sweating. Hair and makeup is the yeah. first thing they're so thinking wanna, then they want to. They don't want to be attractive. They want to be tough. Because when I was when I was um, smoking crack, I used to go to this house. And the girl there, she would braid my hair. And she be- was black. She was black. Mm-hmm. She would braid my hair because I didn't want to look... Like Felipe Esparza, you know, when I was smoking crack. Yeah. Because I had it all planned out. Just call me Batman. <laughs> I started going it's by like my nickname. like you're in denial. Yeah, so, if I drew, so I started wearing my braids instead of my thing. So mm-hmm. I look Puerto Rican now. <laughs> buying crack. I didn't, I never really too like to hold my hair because I also didn't want to burn my hair smoking crack like, yeah. like Richard Pryor. Yeah. So. <laughs> you're, um. yeah, because when I knew you. And you were falling off the wagon. I would always get nervous. And you've been asking me recently. And so I get a little nervous when you ask me to braid your hair. Because 
I feel like the last times I braided your hair were when you were drinking and doing crack, smoking crack. Like my my friends knew probably already I was doing bad partying because whenever I was showing up with braids, they knew like they it's like your friends know. Who the fuck does Felipe know that braids <laughs> fucking hair that good? It ain't none of our friends. So in the back of their mind, they're thinking, where was he at? You know, yeah. he's wild. He's loud. Yeah. He's in my face. And you used to also wear that fucking jacket. That jacket. He had this it's my like, leather, leather jacket. Pleather straight up. He had like a pleather. Brown. Brownish red, like a rust color. That's my Donnie Brasco. It was the Donnie Brasco jacket. Love that jacket. Even longer collar, too, like a 70s collar. So I know, uh, like Cleo the Irishman. <laughs> I like something out of Hell's Kitchen. But uh, you did. But Even I leather knew, was over, I was wearing it. But I knew. Leather was over, huh? Yeah. Fake leather, too? Yeah. That look was over. But, but you know, it was like that Twilight Zone where the guy puts on the, the dead shoes. man's shoes. And then all of a sudden, he's like a mafioso type of guy or he's like a tough guy or whatever. He's like... I don't know, Frank Sinatra, he looked like he became kind of the suave and troubled guy, you know, dark, brooding guy. Well, you became this other guy with that jacket on, and I think you felt like a different person. And uh, and often you had braided hair with that jacket as well. And I had a hat on. Sometimes, on sometimes you had a little hat on, a little pork pie. A little like Samoan. Hat. Yeah, you look Samoan or something. So that's why the girl was braiding my hair, she was locked up, and she came all healthy. When she was braiding my hair, we were smoking crack. She had just come out of jail again. I was there with her man. We were all smoking crack. And she said that, yeah, how did you do it in there? He goes, I'm, I was fine. You know, I started braiding hair, you know. I was braiding hair. And I'd be asking, telling her, what you got on that cup of noodles? So she was ready for a cup of noodles or to survive. Yeah, Braden. Yeah, uh. Braiding That's hair funny, is, man, how you cannot open a salon out here braiding hair, but in, in jail, is on. Of course. It's a, <laughs> it's a microcosm <laughs> of the world. Like, it's it's a microcosm where there's, I always know, like your handwriting. You're, you go to prison, you have a job, fucking printing letters for someone. Didn't somebody we know do that? Mm-hmm. Did Birdman do that? No. Somebody did it because they had really nice pen. Frank Carrillo? Maybe. I think it might have been Frankie that we interviewed on the What's Up Fool podcast. Yeah, those are weird times when you wore your jacket. It's funny. So you would have a, a job braiding hair. <laughs> I would have a job braiding hair. Yeah, but I never thought of hustle. But see, I'm not a competitive person either. I'm not like, I never competed in sports. I hated competing in sports. And that's why I, I empathize with Isaac when he, he played a season of basketball. Well, a little short season at the Y. And he didn't want to do it anymore. He put his heart into it. He wasn't great, but he put his whole heart into it, you know? And and he really worked hard, and uh, that was cool to see. But he said, <laughs> what I hated was turning around and having all these people come after me. <laughs> and I, if I flash back to playing um, kickball in elementary school or junior high. And uh, we played kickball, and I lost. I lost it for the team. And they all came down on me like, oh, man, why did you? You know, it was like, why did you have to do that? Or why, man, 
this sucks. And it, and I knew it was all my fault. And uh, I felt horrible. And I never, I, and then I started trying to think of sports I could play without having it part of it as part of a team. And we didn't really have any in school other than like cross country track and, or cross country. And I hated that. I was that kid in elementary school that I knew that the bell's going to ring already. And it's your turn to kick the ball, and a bell rings, and I'll run and kick your ball, and you have no kick. <laughs> that reminds me of what you were talking about with this geohashing, right? <laughs> what Mondo said about you. Yes, geohashing. Uh, explain geohashing first. Okay, then. first of all, GPS. You know, location was invented in 1978. So since 1978... You know, the government used it for military services. But we've always had latitude we've and longitude. Had, yeah, la- yeah, latitude and longitude, we, I learned in fifth grade. And you could pinpoint locations by numbers. Yeah, but they're keeping a list, a running list of them in the government since the 70s, right? They've, they've been doing that since the 70s. Yes. Yeah. So I was watching, Armando Casillo is the comedian, and he had the first – time i ever saw someone hold a gps in their hand it was in a phone it was in uh uh an ipod it was just the hit it was like the one you keep in your car yeah yeah it was a handheld one that you could just put in his car but he had it in his hand and he said that um he went on the internet and he found this thing called geohashing but i don't i could be wrong about the name but well, that's the name it's geohashing and this guy he, this, this hiker was lost in Portland. You know, Portland has a lot of hills, mountains. So he was lost, and he couldn't find his way out of the out of the bushes, out of the woods, the wilderness. So once, two hours later, when he got out, he said, "Wow, man, it would be so cool, you know, to have um, a GPS, you know, like that. Then I won't get lost in these woods." And then when finally GPS comes out, you know, for everybody, for vehicles, you know, for us. He came up with an idea, you know, maybe, you know, um, he, he he dug a hole and he put a bucket and he put little things for somebody if they get lost, like maybe a map and um, a book to read, you know, a knife. Kind of like a little time capsule. Yeah, stuff a time capsule, or like a scavenger hunt too. Yeah. And he wrote down the, 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 the coordinates of where it is. And he put it on the internet, like he opened up a page and he put the location of it, find it, and um, write it, take a photo by it. So as soon as he did that, the next day, like 600 people were looking for it. And then those people found it, and then those people ended up hiding different stuff. So Armando Cusillo was explaining this to me, right? Finding stuff. And the first thing that came to my mind was, but what if somebody leaves like a bomb? Or a box of shit. A box of shit for you, you know? <laughs> Just to fuck with you. And he looked at me and said, Come on, man. Nobody thinks like you, eh? <laughs> Nobody thinks like you. I'm always thinking the worst of things because of my parents, you know? <laughs> my parents taught me to think the worst of every situation or every idea that didn't come from them. <laughs> like, but I don't re- ever question their ideas. Yeah, like I really had a job. I really wanted a job one at one time. To work selling star maps. Star maps. And in Hollywood. In Hollywood. Maps of famous people's homes. Yeah, just standing there. And they say that you can make at least 70 bucks a day 
But it was all bullshit. That's a lie. Of course it was a lie. But back then I thought 70 bucks. And I was thinking, man, 70 bucks? Shit. Even if I make 25, I'll be happy. You know? I wasn't thinking about 70. I was thinking about 25 bucks and not being at home. And actually seeing stars. <laughs> so in my head, I was thinking big plans, man, about what I'm going <laughs> to spend my money. And my mom said, no, they're going to kidnap you. Or they're going <laughs> to kidnap And I you. said, fuck. So I was angry, man. Yeah. And I, back then, I was thinking of, like this. What are they going to kidnap me for? I'm Mexican. We live in the projects. <laughs> you can't hold a ransom for this. <laughs> but I know about sexual molestation. Yeah. Yeah, that you have other things they might want. I'm too fat. <laughs> Some guys might be into that. Yeah, but that was funny, that that idea that not everybody thinks like you. But that's true, but it's a good way to think because you're always on edge. But it's also detrimental, I think, in some ways because when I first met you and we would have ups and downs and we'd have fights and we're kind of figuring each other out, you know, you thought I was plotting against you sometimes. You're always actually- plotting. <laughs> Just kidding. I had never heard that before. I'm like, what Men do you mean? Men always think their wife is, their ladies are plotting. And I was like, what do you mean plotting? What am I plotting? Like, I don't, I don't understand how I'm plotting anything. And I wasn't. What I really was trying to do was figure out what the fuck was going on. You know, like, because we were having a lot of troubles. And uh, not just the alcohol and, you know, not just the drug times, but other times too, but mostly the drug times. But you were also struggling with what we talked about last time, like settling down. The idea of, okay, maybe this is the end of the line for... Doomsday. <laughs> for Felipe the Bachelor, <laughs> you know. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't want you to be with me if that was the case, but, you know, you wanted your like cake. Like the little dog from too. School Hot Rocks. No dogs allowed. That's from Peanuts, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Was it? Yeah, Snoopy keeps trying to go in different places. But yeah, I think uh, we were having struggles because of that. But you thought I was plotting, and you think a lot of people plot and uh, are out to get you, I guess. And you were frustrated today. You were talking about uh, social media and making you uh, angry. And you were really disturbed. (laughs) Last night we went to see Ghostbusters. And... uh, this guy, 3D. I didn't even know this whole drama was unfolding. This is all my plotting in my head. This is Felipe in his head, flipping out over something. I didn't find it's out small. really until so this glad morning. I didn't do anything. I didn't find out until this morning. I mean, last night you told me a little bit, but I didn't think it was that big until this morning when you said to me, I think I'm starting to hate white people. <laughs> <laughs> You said, I think I have an anger problem. And then you said, um, you know, I get, unleash them. Yeah. Uh, you said, I think I'm reaching, I, something big is going to happen where I'm going to explode and unleash on somebody and punch I somebody. Not LAX. And I hope it's not an LAX because right. You're starting, I said that, huh? you're going to fly soon. For the first time in like a month. And you did say that, and you were disturbed. It it started. Now, it's been boiling. We were talking about how social media lately has been. It it feels like Ghostbusters 2. Yeah, Ghostbusters 2. When the goo is... The evil goo is running under the city. Yeah. It's like building up and running under the city, and it feeds off our emotions and gets bigger and bigger. And then 
we feed off of its maybe the emotions, and that's how Facebook and uh, social media feel. Maybe in Ghostbusters me. too, the goo was social media. Didn't exist then, but maybe it, yeah, it knew there was something. The, let's see, the city, the pipes, the sewer system, and everything, the subway system that flowed through the city. It connected the city. So it is like a network, you know, that this network that we've, we're connected by, we've ruined it. We've ruined social media. It's like we can't have nice things because yeah, cat. people cannot. I, I just, it's making me mad too, and I have had to stop reading comments for a while. Um, but you started reading comments not by people that you knew or people who are fans or anything. You were stumbling wanna, upon, upon like trending topics. Did you want to ask like yourself? That. Am I really friends for this with this person I never met in my life who I fucking hate right now? <laughs> I know. I read some of the comments and I get so angry. I get so angry that somebody can be this stupid and really go around thinking this all day, whatever it might be. But I can't. And then, of course, you get your trolls who just say some of the shit worst things you've ever read. And you know that family member. <laughs> But you read it because sometimes they say stuff that need personal stuff that that only you understand and it gets you. And I said, "Yeah, it's a family member. (laughs) I just went to the page. They have zero zero (laughs) photos, zero (laughs) fucking face. (laughs) One five comments, and they're all five comments, (laughs) and they're all on your page. Why am I so lucky today? That's funny. They made a fake profile just for me. So it has to be somebody you know." Yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird thing this internet. You know, it's become such a strange and scary and sad thing. If this is a reflection of people. But then you go out in the world and they're not all like that. You're exposed to a few more idiots because you travel so much. So you do run into people who are idiots and who are you know not as open-minded as people you know or you come across when you're home, you know. But then we went to the theater we watched uh, ghostbusters and this guy behind you was kicking your seat how many times would you say he kicked your seat four all in a row but not in a different like time a different but, but other than like a hard tap for me it's enough so you didn't think it was an accident though did you think it was an accident yeah the accident okay. but you shouldn't notice the accident okay you should notice hey maybe i hit this guy's seat okay but you didn't say anything because it, at first it didn't seem like just like too I, much. Just like I said it, I'm going to say in the What's Up Who podcast, I didn't know how to say it without being violent. Right. And the more I couldn't say it the right way, I got started getting more angry in myself. But then you also felt like it's this guy's white privilege. Yes. And that he was, uh, I guess he was not concerned yes. with kicking your seat. Yeah. Because and then, he's and then white plus there's a lot of other seats. He could have just went to another That's seat. That's true. Now we did have... To be fair, we did buy reserved tickets, and you never know until you're sitting down there and the movie starts when other people might be coming to sitting next to you. But this morning, it was just weird, you know, at the breakfast table to be telling me, uh, your white wife, <laughs> you hate, you think you hate, you are starting to hate At least I didn't hold people. it in. No, I'm glad you didn't, because I could tell already there was some tension this morning when you woke up. So, But I know that stuff is... is affecting people you know and it's uh and i didn't want it to see you know last week i talked about white privilege despite 
having grown up with nothing and all that, you know, and, and that it's not something that you're handed like money wise, monetary or material goods. But I, uh, I have been, um, I have had racist moves toward me throughout my life. As a kid, I got spit on by this black boy in school. We were in fifth grade and he spit on my head outside of the bus and he hated me just because I was white. And he told me that and I had done nothing to him. And then, uh, and I, you know, I went to, um, remember when I was looking for an apartment over in Echo Park? At first I told Ivan, or we were talking to Ivan, and Ivan said, oh, I think there's an apartment open in, in my mom's building. And I said, oh, yeah? And he was like, yeah, it's a one-bedroom, I think. And I said, can I have the number for the landlord? And he said, uh, they won't rent to white people. I said, what? <laughs> like, what? But then, remember that other, um, the other uh, apartment building that was near your Boylston apartment? And they, they had a banner that said for rent, or se renta, actually. And it had the phone number. So I called the phone number. And they heard my voice. And they said, oh, oh no apartment. No apartment. I said, huh? What? Then you went then to I another had, one that said, you're no, divorced? You, no. Right. I had you call, though, that woman. And you spoke to her in Spanish. And she was she said, yeah, we have an apartment. You yeah, know? man. And... Uh, that's technically racist. Like if you have, if you're preventing somebody from renting an apartment, that's a racist move right there. Somebody might but look at it. because they have the money. Somebody the might majority. look at it. Well, that's revenge. They take it. You know how many times it happened to us? <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I know that. I know that has happened in the past. That doesn't mean that you have to turn around and get revenge for it on some stranger that had nothing to do with it. I wonder who told that. her. Who told who? Not to rest two white people. I don't know, I, but it might be because they just didn't want it to start. But then I think also, I know immigrants. I've worked with immigrants for years before I moved here, too. They also will take advantage of other immigrants. So if you're a white person moving into this building and she's used to taking advantage in some way, she can't take advantage of you as easily as these other people, you know, because she, ha she has something she can hold over their head or whatever, like your landlord I don't know what he had over you, but that landlord who took your parking space because he didn't have a car, so he just took it as his own, and then your friends didn't have anywhere to park. And it's like, that's still your parking space. It's technically included in your rent. But he, for some reason, felt like he had one over on you, you know? Like, I was a dick. And could tell you to be quiet at 6 o'clock in the evening when that's not late. That's not early. Normal time to be walking around. You know? Anyway. But yeah, that might be seen as... Now you got to bring him up. I want to <laughs> go and kill him right now. I forgot about that motherfucker. <laughs> Who else do you want to bring up, man? I didn't mean to make you angry here about stuff. I feel I won every time I full looked at TV and he saw me in a commercial. Yeah, because you know he saw you because he watched <clears throat> soccer. And your your commercial was playing during the World Cup. I want to back kick that <laughs> motherfucker. My favorite line, I know I said it many times, when he showed up with his daughter or somebody to translate to him. For me, he told him, Mom, he wants to know, you have to keep the noise down. It was like 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock. 
And I was fucking smoking crack there. I had crack heads. We're all, but, but the house was clean. We, we cleaned it, looking for crack. <laughs> and we had beer. We were listening to a radio. Everything was cool. And I was all fucking. I had, I had like, maybe I had a, no T-shirt on. Then I, I told him, I told that lady, can you tell him, can you translate for me? Because I wanted to come out right. Can you tell him that I said, go fuck yourself. Please. But make sure you say please. <laughs> and then just left. And I started bouncing real hard more, like a, like, like a little rabbit bouncing, and I fucked up my knee. <laughs> I fell and I scraped. It was horrible. Ow, really? Yeah. You fell. And I spilled um, hot wax, candle. And so you, you took your leverage away there. You had the leverage. You had the upper hand. But then you do something like that. And you knock down a peg or two. Anyway, I think that's it. It's 55 I strangled minutes. that fool. You strangled their I landlord? I remember the landlord one time. Not one time. Many times. I say one time a lot. But every time I say one time, remember Felipe? You know, know Felipe Esparza? It's many times. <laughs> I want to go apologize for something like, because I, I started, I know that was in the first um, confrontation, you know, that was probably a week. That was probably one of the softer of the confrontations I had with that fool. The strangling was the softer no, confrontation? No, I didn't strangle him. Oh, oh you mean I, when I you started, jumped up and down and yeah, all that? Yeah, okay. but another time I started yelling in his face and this and that, and the next day I went to apologize and I all loaded and, and like hugging that fool, giving him CDs. <laughs> <laughs> so we saw Ghostbusters 2 oh, yeah. No, Ghostbusters 1 Well, 3D it was awesome. Ghostbusters the reboot, yeah I thought it was funny, I laughed a lot <clears throat> I'm a big fan of Kristen Wiig I like her um, I like her personality And her characters, I don't know if she's like that in real life But her characters They're, they're just funny because of the neurotic way They're portrayed Leslie was great, and uh, and yeah, her character was cool. She knows everything about New York by reading. Yeah, from reading on her uh, on her job as a toll booth, uh, not toll booth. I was gonna token add, booth, I was gonna uh, tweet her that um, if you if you guys need a chupacabra for part two, I'm right here. <laughs> yeah, why not have a chupacabra? The first time I heard about chupacabra was when I worked in the kitchens in New York with the Dominican guys, and they told me about it. I had never heard about this thing. I still hadn't heard of Cucuy. That I didn't hear about until they moved out to L.A. But Chupacabra, they, the Dominicans talked about that thing. And I was like, what? And then they started telling me the history of it and how it was like started. The rumor was started by some uh, farmers, I guess. Or that's what they they started talking about these this phenomenon that their goats were drained of their blood, or their cattle were drained of their blood, and then but the way it was described to me was a little creature like a mosquito almost like a like a bug. But then other other tales I've heard were like basically like a uh, vampire thing, right? But it's is it like a bat? What's what's it's the a form? Half dog, half coyote. 
It's a half dog, half coyote. Because I saw one picture of it and it looked like one of those pan, a pan in mythological. No one's really seen one, by the way. In mythology, you know. Yeah, no way, seen one because I it got bit by one when I was little. My finger—they <laughs> don't exist, babe. They're urban legends. But I never—I had never heard of it until then. And then I thought—I thought maybe I was misunderstanding his translation, and that maybe because his Spanish, he didn't speak any English, and I didn't speak—I didn't speak Bolo. His name was Bolo. He was a Bolo. Venir <laughs> Bolo. He was a weird guy, man. And he was, he was not the head cook, but he was the guy who put the food in the window. And if you didn't come, I put you could it, ring I, that bell. I put it in the window. I ring bell. Nobody comes. Who get cold? Man, he would get so pissed if you didn't come. And I'm like, I'm busy with the table. I can't leave. I'm talking to them. I can't leave and go get my food. But he would get mad. And, um, and Lisa, no coming good. That's what he would say. Lisa, no coming good. What does that mean? But he said it for several things. But he told me about the chupacabra, and then I thought I was misunderstanding, and I thought I was like, what? I never heard of this thing. So I thought he was talking about like a mosquito or a, a leech of some sort, of like a bug thing. I thought chupacabra was a girl that gives you a blowjob and then bites your penis. <laughs> uh, what else do you want to talk about? Because we're at an hour. We talked about... Leslie? Leslie, she was great. Yeah, I felt, I think the thing I, I thought was the, it was strange, was uh, Kate McKinnon's character. She's the one that played the engineer. I didn't understand anything she said. Her timing was off. And I think, I don't know, I think it might be more of a, an issue with her as an actor because she's a, she's like a, an impersonator. And I don't know, she's, she seems like she might be a little goofy. A little weird, so maybe she interpreted those lines differently. If not, if it was a director's direction, I think that's strange, a strange choice, because every every one of her lines just made me go, huh? You know what? Like, what is is this a punchline? Is it something weird? And yeah, it was very strange. It felt weird. Her character was strange. We just finished watching um, a movie we, we rented it on Amazon. Jojo Dancer, Your Life is Calling. Man. Richard Pryor's story. Oh, this movie came out in 86, but I didn't see it when it came out in 86, 1986. I was still in high school. I was in 11th grade. But I already knew about Richard Pryor. I already knew that he smoked crack and he got and he burned himself. And I remember watching this movie in the beginning, but I never went through the whole movie. I just saw from... Maybe I saw 15 minutes of it, but now that I watched it and I know that he directed it and I know that it's a personal movie, man, it's deep. It's hard to watch the first fucking 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, I had never seen it. I don't I don't think I've seen even a, a, a second of that movie. And I don't know why. I remember, the, I remember it being promoted. I remember it coming out and him doing interviews and stuff, but I never saw it. And so I was, it was cool to see it. It was like... Um, it is very painful, some of the stuff in there. But I still feel like... He held back. He held back. There's still a lot that's not in there. But there's so much. It's like, I know he wanted to focus on the freebasing, on the, you know, the burning. Um, but he still needed to put a lot of stuff 
history in it as well before that point. Maybe there's Mike, so much of it. Maybe Mike, Mike Epps will show it. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. Are this doing production? Is it done? What do you know? I don't know. I haven't followed. I haven't followed that. He is the Richard Pryor choice, though. He is playing Richard Pryor, but uh, I don't know if it's been shot. Uh, we know other people who have been cast as well, right? Like as side characters. Wonder who's playing Paul Mooney? Did you find out? No. We went to uh, Morro Bay, California again with the rabbit. Again to Morro with Bay with slippers. Had a good time. But you know what? No kayaking. No, no paddle boarding once again. I love saying kayate. <laughs> I know you do. I know you it's do. my favorite joke right now. I would like, I think I'm just going to have to go with Isaac over to Marina Del Rey and do it. Just him and me. I guess I go kayaking in Corpus Christi this week. I'll be there Thursday through Saturday. <laughs> I don't mean to leave you out, but when you're with us, you don't get up early and go do that stuff. Or when you're with me, like when we even we're on vacation, like then it's three o'clock and then they stop renting at five. Something about a hotel room with a TV <laughs> in the bedroom keeps me up to three. I'm glad we don't have a TV in the bedroom. Oh, I I'm against TV in the bedroom. Imagine Hardcore. if we had TV in the bedroom, mm, no you could way. have sex while you're watching your favorite show. Listen. I've been meaning to talk to you about this for about 10 years. I do not like to have sex with the TV on. Oh, this is the best, man. Remote control on your back. I do not like to have sex with the TV on because it's distracting. And all I can think about is what they're saying on TV. It's very distracting. Me, I close my eyes and I feel like we're in a crowded, ro- in a crowded room. <laughs> and I feel That's like we're exciting. having sex somewhere and everybody's watching. <laughs> And then the laugh track goes, ha, 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 That's when they see my penis. No, when I, man, I don't like that. I don't like that. I would like to, I think early on I tried to play music and stuff in the background, but you didn't like that. You don't like music. I like music. What am I, a dentist? It wasn't music. It was music. It was like hip hop and, you know, or slow R&B. I like a little something like that. That's more distracting to me, music. (sighs) Well, then we are at an impasse. So, <laughs> but I, I do not like the during the TV on. It, it doesn't seem to phase you at all. But it's so distracting to me. I could block it off. <laughs> I can't. Like, block, I could block I, off baby crying. I'm sure you can. Most guys can. <laughs> they did a study and, and found they did several studies and found that women have different cortisol levels. They spike when they hear. Baby, their baby cry or any baby cry actually if they if they have children, but men don't have the same spike in cortisol levels. Cortisol is it it uh, is a good indicator of your stress level. I'm pretty sure most so. men will agree with me, fathers out there, that if your baby's crying and you know your wife is not there, there's no one around, you get to go grab that motherfucker. Of course, of but course. But if no one's there, I could. But sleep no, but if other it. people are there, yeah, you could sleep through it. If other people are there, you that. know somebody else is going to take it. It's just like when you drop something on the floor and then it's still there two days later. And I go, when is he going to pick up that button he dropped two days ago? And then remember, you just do not care that it's there. It's. I remember um, sleeping, you know, when I, had my, when I had kids young and it was like a, a bassinet and I would feed the baby, I guess, when it's from my bed because I, w- I would just take the bottle 
you know. Hold and sometimes down. I would miss, so the baby's getting sprayed with bottle <laughs> on the forehead, and it's all sticky in the morning. I look at the baby, go, damn, where, what part did you go to, mija? <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, man. Horrible. Oh, it's a lot of work. Things. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. But I remember, uh, I remember having a really tough time. Like I, Isaac uh, used to hate driving in the car, riding in the car in this car seat. But it was really during the times when he was facing the back. He was rear in a rear facing uh, car seat, which is pretty much until they're like, you know, eighteen months longer. Some people keep it longer. I think it's 18 months. I don't even know anymore. But then uh, he could turn around, and then later comes the booster seat, and then later comes the no seat. But he was uh, rear-facing for quite a while. But in the beginning, first year, I'd say, he would, the moment the seatbelt clicked closed, he would scream like somebody was stabbing him. Yeah. Yeah, arches back and stuff. He hated it. And uh, his grandmother, his dad's uh, mother, was visiting when Isaac was like two weeks old, three weeks old. And we went out to dinner, which is already stressful because, like, you really don't want to leave the house for like a month. But you're even though you're getting stir crazy, I tried to force myself to get out and get some fresh air. We went to the beach a few times. But I sh- probably shouldn't have taken Isaac out for a long trip because he just would have a meltdown. And she thought I was hurting him. She thought I pinched his skin or something in the seatbelt. I said, no, that's just how he does. That's just how he is when we get going, you know. That's what happens. But there were so many times I had to pull over to the side of the road because I couldn't concentrate on the road with the, with the crying. I couldn't concentrate. My brain wouldn't work, and I couldn't focus on driving because of that sound. So I had to pull over and I'd get in the back seat. I'd nurse him. He'd calm down. I'd put him in the seatbelt or put him in the car seat and then he'd, you know, be okay for a little while and then he'd start screaming again. But then all these other people were like, oh, my son loves to go in the car. He falls asleep all the time. Sometimes we put him in the car for a car ride at night when he won't go to sleep and he just goes right out. I was like, you guys, somebody has to be lying here because... My son can't be the only kid who hates driving in a car. And he wasn't. There were Later on, I, I realized all these other people had kids like that, but I didn't know them when Isaac was a baby. Start a group. <laughs> there was no Facebook back then, but I should have. I wish I had had that. So we did a podcast two weeks ago or a week ago? No, a week ago. All right. So into another casserole <laughs> podcast, people. We're going to try to do an hour a week. We'll try to do an hour a week. We'll keep it to that. So I hope yeah. you guys liked our conversation. You're going to be in Corpus Christi this weekend. I'll be in Corpus Christi, Texas at Mesquite Bar. Mesquite Street Comedy Club. <clears throat> Mesquite Street Comedy Club. July 21st through 23rd. And then he will be in New York City. July 28th through 31st. I'm not going with you. Wah. Wah. I know you're so disappointed. I'm so sad. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then... <laughs> Good oh, I'm sorry. I took you to see so many fucking sights in the city. I'm glad you took me to the sights because I'll get up at noon. And then uh, 
Where else are you going to be? West Palm Beach, Florida, August 4th through 7th. And then Hermosa Beach, California at Comedy and Magic Club, August 10th. Then you have Pueblo and Tucson, Pueblo, Colorado, Tucson, Arizona. I don't know if, which one is the 12th or 13th, but it's August 12th and 13th, those two dates. So one is on the 12th, one's the 13th. I can't remember which. I think Pueblo is first. Yeah, it Tucson is. Tucson is second. And uh, that's it for the next few weeks. That's it. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, leave a comment, and go to felipesworld.com and check out our Amazon window. Like I'm ducking, dodging bullets every day. Niggas hate no because I'm